You're listening to Behind the Mic on the Funnel Radio Channel. You were killing the tech team back there. We were like falling asleep with the use of some videos and some flashy graphics. We could have really taken, and not for a lot of money, you know, just to the next level. And that's why I'm having you on. Hey, everybody, Susan Finch here, your host today for Rooted in Revenue and Behind the Mic. I didn't know where to put Howie Zales, but I just knew I wanted to interview him and hear his ideas to solve the problems that I'm hearing so many of our clients, my connections on LinkedIn and other places. They're struggling with in-person events, first getting people there, doing hybrid events, and making them more interesting because we're all sick of having our butts in chairs watching people yammer on about stuff. We need something more. So Howie, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I know your background, you have decades of experience and you have such a great reputation. Thank you. And sports, though, are where you really hone these skills. I mean, I look at your postings all the time and it has these huge stadium events and concert events and big engaging things for businesses and large corporations. I want to hear how you're helping people solve the issue that you just covered in that intro of boring events. That was in person too. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> like we were talking about, I spent over, almost 25 years in the sports and entertainment industry as a camera operator. So I know what a good camera shot looks like. I know what good audio looks like. And I take pride on that. And I basically have translated that into a live stream and event production business. And what we try to do is help our clients take their events and meetings to the next level. So it's not just people sitting there uh, or standing at a podium giving a speech. It's like, how can we liven this up? And to ask, answer your question, one of those ways is the use of supporting video. So if your uh, company deals with, for example, this last project we just worked on, the company dealt with mining sites where they would mine minerals and things like that. Mm. Let's take a trip with a video crew to a mining site. Let's uh, do a feature shoot on it. Let's interview the people that are working there. Let's interview the head of the location. Most of the people that work for the corporate company have never been to a mining site. So we're bringing it to them. And so they could experience it firsthand without having to take them there. I love the idea of a field trip. Years ago, there was a group of us, this will date me a little bit, Google Plus. <laughs> and we used to do a lot of live events though through YouTube and, and invite people. And we would, you know, I had some nerdy thing called Geek Speak Guides and Evie and I would teach people things. But my favorite thing to do was to take whoever wanted to show up on field trips when I would go camping. Let's go to a lighthouse. Let's go whale watching. This is all people from the Midwest that would never see these things. And I do think it's the How It's Made show was a hit mm -hmm. for that exact reason. And boy, did you just nail it. People behind the scenes never get to do the on-site, how is it done? How do we do what's paying the bills? Right. How do we do this big thing? And we don't necessarily, they don't necessarily have to go, but we can send a video crew there, record footage, come back, edit it together and make it a segment of the event. 
or with the use of technology, uh, if the situation warrants it, we can actually be at that remote location, whatever it is, live and bring that live feed into the event uh, wherever they are in the world and just make it a segment of the event. And it's that much more interesting to the people that are at the event. Well, and what a great thing to do too, because the crews that are on location, especially for that type of application, a mining situation, they never get included in anything. Right. They're never seen, talked to, or anything else. And suddenly you're giving them a voice, a spotlight, an introduction mm -hmm. to the rest of the people they work with. Right. I love that idea. So are you doing a lot of hybrid events? Yeah, a lot, a lot of our uh, events are hybrid. We'll do, you know, whether it's uh, a fireside chat situation, it, wherever it might be, we'll I mean, just make it interesting. So there, you know, people at home or wherever they are watching in the virtual world are not falling asleep. I know sometimes I help stream at church and we can choose different camera angles. And sometimes it's really tempting to hone in on the altar boys that are fiddling and shuffling their feet and doing things because yeah. to me it's hilarious, but I can't switch the camera to that. But you would have that ability to do it. So that's the difference too. Everybody who is, you know, thinking, oh, I can DIY this with Zoom and my webcam. And it's like, no, you can't. You can't do this. And even, I mean, what you're talking about reminds me of something I'd used before called Minicam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of those, the different do-it-yourself kind of streaming things where I can bring in all these sources, I can bring in from Zoom, I can bring in a multicam from here. And it's a lot of coordination. And yeah, it just yeah. takes one thing to go wrong and everybody you invited is disappointed and you're embarrassed. Well, and it's funny you brought up your church because um, I'm Jewish and for our synagogue, I donate my time every year for the high holidays and yeah. I stream the services. And this year we did for the first time a hybrid event. And so the temple purchased uh, a virtual prayer book and uh, it's it was basically a PowerPoint slide of the prayer book, a presentation of the prayer book. And we had two projectors and it, in person we projected the prayer book on the the wall of the sanctuary and i gave the the rabbi a clicker and when it was time to change the page right uh he would just press the button and i would change the page and in the virtual space the people saw the the rabbi the cantor the virtual prayer book or a combination of a small, like I explained earlier, a small yeah. box of the rabbi or cantor, and right. then a big box of the slide. There are so many applications. Yeah. But, and I'm sure some people are thinking, yeah, but that's just not in the budget. We're hurting for event money. We're struggling to figure out how to reshape what we've been doing. That's boring now. And I mean, we know there's probably a minimum to be able to use your services. I mean, we're looking at tens of thousands of dollars probably, right? It depends on the event and what the client needs, but we, we have a good starting point is probably if you have four to five people speaking, uh, we use three to four cameras. And it, our first choice would be to keep the cost down, PTZ cameras, pan, tilt, zoom cameras, are remote, for those that don't know, they're robotic cameras. One operator can operate on our joystick up to six cameras. Wow. So uh, by pressing one button, they can control camera one, another button, camera two, and so on and so forth. Uh, and they pan, tilt, zoom, focus, and 
that's how we do a lot of our events. And you can preset camera moves. So you can preset a pan, a zoom. Uh, you can mark a location to quickly get from one location to another location with a camera. And that keeps the cost, using those cameras keeps the cost down. Because if you have three or four cameras and you need three or four camera operators, now you've just quadrupled your costs. Yes. So that's one way to keep your, you know, costs down. That's what we do at the church too. I have, we have four yep. cameras and we can do the same thing. Just call to each camera and do the presets Yep. or do the zooms and things. So you know, I'm kind of, from, I'm familiar with it. We're not the greatest always because the cameras are, you know, they're there at all times, <laughs> but it's, it does make it nice when, you know, for different holidays, as you were saying, like for the high holidays, you would have different presets. Yep. And I'm sure your camera crew goes the day before and we know the agenda. We know probably what's going to happen. Who's the lively speaker? Who's all over the stage? Who's going to go to the audience? I had to tell the rabbi I was going to nail his feet to the ground if he didn't stop moving. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, those. Well, I'm, when I'm at the temple, I'm a one-man band trying to do it all. Yes. And, uh I couldn't oh yeah no them. i know it's like but i want to capture you know the people way over there so like, i know but you're going like this and back and forth yeah. and it's difficult to keep up so that's the challenge too because you guys are so well versed with practice experienced with that camera setup all of your folks are that i would think that if somebody had the outline the personality the speakers what to expect I mean, you, chances are, you know, your speakers well enough, you know, who, their reputation and where they're going to be and anything they might do out of character. And you would be able to have a lot of presets ready to go because you probably get there, what, the day before? Just set all yeah, that so, and that's one of the things that we almost require of our clients is a setup slash rehearsal day. Yes. And we actually make them sign a document saying, if you don't rehearse with us, we can't guarantee there's not going to be mistakes because if you don't give us the time to iron out any issues or, right. or figure out where people are going to be coming from or what the lighting is going to look like uh, on everyone, then we can't, there's only so much that we can do. And if you don't give us a day to set up, we won't take the job because uh, it's, it's just too much can go wrong. There's too much technology at use to you know take a chance well and i think too and i've been in enough hotel situations during setups just working with that it department and the av department oh my gosh and it really varies from venue to venue i can't even believe some of the hiccups that yeah i'm being polite hiccup that we've had and it can ruin an entire event just because they, oh uh, yeah, we meant to tell you. It was like, oh my goodness, you didn't tell us? <laughs> one of the things that we do uh, prior to any event, once the client agrees to use us, is I go uh, and do a site survey, a location scout, whatever you want to call it. I'll go to the event space. The first thing I'll do is check the internet speed. <laughs> the next thing I'll do is to keep costs down, we keep a good portion of our crew remote. Mm -hmm. That being said, in order to keep them remote, we have to have an open line internet feed signal, which means there can't be any firewalls because we have to have our remote team be able to dial into our computers on location 
to be able to control them. Certain aspects like the audio for the main the main uh, thing. And if we show up day of and there's no open internet, we have no control or our remote people have no control. So that's one thing that we uh, iron out on a site survey. And the other thing is where are we going to place the cameras? What's the lighting going to look like? Are there windows? Do we need to be bring you know black to hang drapes, hang over the windows so we're not mixing uh, lighting right. color temperatures? You've just given a list of a good 15 things <laughs> that people don't think about ahead of time. They wait right. until it's the day of and then they panic and they're screaming at everybody at the hotel and then the hotel hates them. And I, I've just, I've seen this in action Yeah. <laughs> and it's a nightmare, but you've given such a wonderful little bullet list that if folks, you are insisting on doing this yourself, bad idea, bad idea. <laughs> I don't even the, do it myself. <laughs> I have a team. I have a team of people that I, this last live event, we, I had one, two, three, myself, four, five, six people on site and two people working remotely. Well, let's, let's give people some ideas because we already know they need to consult with you because you think of everything <laughs> you, well, you've had enough experience too. you know what to look for. And the idea of hybrid, you were obviously very considerate of other people's money. You try mm -hmm. and find ways to be, I'm not going to say frugal, but being realistic and being very respectful of their money by being logical. So you have these stop gaps in place. Right. So who is your ideal client? Our ideal client are, you know, companies that do yearly meetings, uh, corporate annual meetings, investment companies that need to reach their shareholders, their fund holders, or companies that need to reach their employees that are just global. And it's cheaper to do a live a hybrid event, stream it globally, than have all of their employees come to one location, right. way cheaper. And yeah. it could be interactive if you do it this way. They can People can ask questions a lot. There's so many different things that we can do to make the experience interactive. So, so let's go down that path, because I think that's a really important thing. Without you giving the store away, can you give a few ideas on some successful solutions you've seen to make a hybrid event more engaging for the remote people? How do you get them actually involved? Sure. One way is if you're using a, a streaming platform, you can they can ask questions on the platform. You can have a moderator in person who's in charge of the meeting, a producer, let's call them, ask the questions that are coming in from the remote guests. If there's a certain amount of remote guests, we can, and if we incorporate Zoom into it, we can pin them live and they could ask their questions live. There's a lot of technology involved in that and it's right. difficult to do. And you need a team of people to work on it uh, because it's not just plug and play. There's so many different things that you can do to keep your audience engaged. You can use video um and and have video and audio feature pieces about what you're talking about as segments of the event i find that it can go awry so quickly when you invite people spontaneously into a yeah, stream yeah. a live event because we don't know their connections you don't know them you don't know their firewall situations and all of a sudden you're waiting for them and waiting or it cuts out 
and so I'm I'm a big fan of having a shill in the audience or a few of them that you know will ask some questions that you can test with them ahead of time. I mean, I know that takes some of the spontaneity out of it. People can always type in their questions, fine, but to bring right. people on camera live spontaneously is risky. Yeah, we never do it spontaneously. <laughs> I should clarify. If we're going to do that, we we set up what's called a green room and we have a green room producer uh -huh. and he or she will just sit in the sit. They'll be in the green room and be able to talk to the potential on camera and on audio guests. They'll say, okay, you know, Barbara, two minutes until you can ask your question, one minute until you're asked, you can ask your question and literally count down. And then when it's time, we'll make the video and audio changes, put them on air, open up their microphone, the producer will cue, cue them. But the day before we've established their internet connection, we'll do a tech check at the time of day the event takes place. So yes. we know their internet speed uh, at the time of day of the event just to make sure there's no one online at their location that's going to interfere with their internet feed. We want to know what their background at that time of day is. Are they sitting next to windows that the sun is going to blare in and cause one side of their face to overexpose? We just want to provide our clients with the most professional broadcast quality uh, event possible. Right. And you don't want them adjusting. Say, I'm in a parking garage right now because my car got a flat tire. And... Or they're driving in their car. We've we've had people try to do that, too. Oh, my goodness. All the things that we've gone through with people yeah. and then had to solve rather quickly. I am such a big fan of saying, can you just get a professional team to do that so you can focus on your attendees? You can focus on your speakers, your schmoozing, everything else you need to yelling at the caterers if you want to about the food. That's fine but let the crew handle the production because you guys are creating what's going to live after. Right. And then you do the editing after too. You will take that and turn yeah. it into, what do you Actually, do Actually, the, the client loved what we did this past week that they called and, and asked if we can edit five different pieces, five different three to five minute segments together for them from this entire event. Because that's the content. I mean, that's what people don't realize Folks, you're not paying for the one day event. Right. You're not it's paying content that for lives that. forever. Exactly. The content lives forever, but it, you're also paying for campaigns and extracts from that that you can use in so many different ways. You might be able to pull the audio from one great segment for a podcast, for an audio podcast. You have segments for videos for all social venues. You could create white papers, courses, other things. And how great for those speakers to be able to have their messaging live on. They will love you forever. They'll talk about you in the most positive light. I mean, why would you not want to invest in that if you're putting this event together, get the, all the benefits. And you could, it could also be used as a teaching tool for the people that spoke, right? Show them, you can improve here. And, and if, if it's worthwhile to your company, now you have something that these people did Maybe you go out and hire a speaking coach or a on-camera coach, something to that effect to just up the level of the way these people appear on camera or in person. There's just so much that can be done with that material. Uh, it's an investment in the company's future in so many different ways. It is. And those are, that's a great idea too, uh, as long as everybody's willing to be taught and coached. But sometimes some speakers, I know it all. I'm always on the stage. 
It's like, uh, I mean, I've been speaking on stages for 30 years and I still learn from Toastmasters. I still learn from feedback. As comfortable yeah. as I am in front of a camera, I'm grateful to get that because, you know, hopefully everybody realizes we just want everybody to do better. Right. And to right. be able to present our our customers, our companies, our speakers, our products, everything in the best light. So hire Howie. <laughs> and I know this wasn't supposed to be an infomercial for your services, but I'm just so enamored with the quality of what you do. Thank you. And I was impressed when I, I, I went and checked you out all over the place. And I thought this, this is what people need. They need somebody that cares enough that can see what could happen, could go wrong before you would even have that thought about it. You know, if I'm the smartest person in the room, we have a big problem. <laughs> I, I, I surround myself with only the, the smartest people and people that are way smarter than I am in the different aspects of the production. Right. If my IT and network engineer is not available uh, and then his backup is not available, I won't take the job. It's just not worth it. Too much could go wrong. Right. And we tell clients, listen, during the rehearsal, we may look like a bunch of clowns, like we have no idea what's going on. But what we're, we're trying to do is make every mistake possible and in, anticipate in each point what can go wrong. That way, when or if it goes wrong, we have a solution for it during the live broadcast. Okay, you could teach a class to customer service desks. People that develop apps that we're all supposed to use, like <clears throat> Joanne Fabrics. But all <laughs> I find so many people that develop things and create things don't kick the tires. They don't mm -hmm. try to break it. And then when you come up with things, you're having to do all that troubleshooting for them so that you handle it all and you know how to try and break it. That's right. huge. That right there can bring everybody's stress levels down and raise the success rate so high. Yeah, for example, we did an event the the other day where one part of the event, the client wanted us to stream the people that were in person to Teams and then take the people that were in Teams and take that to the people that were in person. So we were having audio and video going both ways. We made sure it worked the night before. We made sure it worked the morning of. And then we broke it on purpose to figure out what could go wrong put it back together, made sure it worked okay. It worked perfectly. Eight minutes before that portion of the day, it failed on its own. But because we we were able to break it on purpose, we were able to put it back together in a matter of seconds. Oh, so many important tips. <laughs> what are your top three tips for people considering upping their presentations, their whole event, a hybrid event, what would be your three tips? Three tips to, you know, up your hybrid event is just make it more interesting using uh, outside video and audio, use some time of the event to do that, bring people to a location with audio and video, just make it more interesting that way. Make sure that you're using good quality equipment and good quality, most importantly, good quality audio equipment, because if you can't be heard, what's the purpose? I hear you on that one. And I, I'm actually in the market for a new mic. 
So I would like your recommendation. What are you using? You sound great. I have, Is that a Rode? I have the Shure, no, the Shure SM, yeah, the SM7B. 7B. And how is that connected? With an XLR cable to the camera I'm using is a Canon C500 with an XLR cable. And I have a SoundCloud, which adds a little gain to it. And I have two lights, one light here, cross lighting this side of my face, that light's yep. lighting this side of my face and one above me, separating me from the background. For most of what I do, because I travel, not often, but I do enjoy having the Logitech Brio. Okay. And that one seems to, for the most part, it handles everything I need. And I like how portable it is. More USB, it's yep. just easier for me to travel with. All right, so if you wanna to talk to Howie, see if you're a fit for him, I'm sure he's a fit for you because he's amazing. Where do you want them to go? At Howard Zales on LinkedIn or viridityentertainment.com. V-I-R-I-D-I-T-Y.com. Or you can go to howiezales.com and you can get to Virid Viridity's okay. website from there as well. That's easier then. That's an easy one to spell. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. You guys can Thank find you. us on all your favorite podcast apps. We hope you will subscribe, share, comment. And gosh, if you have any ideas for a show, let me know. I would love to bring what interests you to the next episode. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Behind the Mic on the Funnel Radio Channel. Never miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe at FunnelRadioChannel.com or in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Blueberry, TuneIn, and more.